Yo, welcome to Beast Podcast. And if you don't know, Beast stands for bringing empowerment and skills together. And that's exactly what we strive to do on this show. We talk life skills, we talk financial literacy, we talk personal development. All these things are going to help you be a better you. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hello. Yo, we're live. We're live. It's really- I see, I see. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, man. I'm blessed this morning. How about yourself, man? I'm super blessed. Word, man, word. Hey, we're going to hop right into it, man. Everybody who hops on my podcast, and foremost, introduce yourself. And then uh, secondly, three things that you're grateful for. Uh, I would say, uh, first and foremost, my name is Deshaun Gibbons. Uh, I am the owner of Prove Them Wrong Association, which is a basketball skill development company where we focus on not only the skill, but we also focus on the mental, uh, where we try to uplift our athletes and try to make sure that they understand that there's a lot more than basketball. Um, For me, three things that I'm grateful for. uh, That's a tough one. Well, it's not tough, but it's like, do I put it in order? One, two and three. (laughs) <laughs> or, or just or just anything, you know what I mean? Uh, but number one, I'm grateful for um, my family, for my life, and for basketball. Mm. Hey, man, he said that's tough. That's tough. I'm pretty sure you've had tougher questions thrown at you. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, shoot, we'll kind of hop into that. I think you kind of um... – kind of decided where we're going to take this conversation, you know, when you kind of were talking about what proven them wrong is PTW yep. as we'll refer to it as the podcast goes. So kind of take us through your journey, your background and how you actually got started into that business and why you decided to frame it in that way. Cause I think that's, that's important for the listeners out there to understand. Yeah, that does make that makes a lot of sense. So they can kind of have a backstory to it. So uh, I am from Boston, Massachusetts. I am from the rougher side of Boston. I'm from Roxbury. And uh, where I grew up, I mean, you didn't have a lot of options. You know, the normal the normal poverty stricken story, like we didn't have a lot of options. So drugs, violence, uh, you know. In sports, that's kind of how it went. So, uh, obviously, I picked up a basketball. My brother put a basketball in my hand, and and basketball became the love of my life. Well, not actually, it wasn't the love of my life when I first started. I just hooped, honestly. I just hooped because everything that came with hooping. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you could talk to girls. You could uh, – you're one of the cooler people in the neighborhood. You, you, you have friends. I wouldn't say I started loving hoop until I was probably, like, 18 – and I understood the the dynamic of, of basketball and everything that comes with it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very fortunate to have a coach that kind of um, that kind of just helped me kind of see the game in a whole different light. So that's when the game kind of changed for me. Mm. But um, I started that company because when I was younger, I was like really good. I was tall and I had I was I had enough skill at that age. You know, like when you're young and tall, you're just so much ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I was so much ahead of everybody else and I didn't have a lot of guidance because I didn't come from a two parent home. I was raised by my by my grandmother and she had to work all the time just so that, you know, we could have food on the table. So I practically raised myself in a in an instance. You know, I have my older sister and brothers, but you know, 
they they weren't they weren't giving me much guidance. <laughs> so I I like to say that I kind of got ahead of myself and I didn't really know how to handle it or deal with it. So I wasn't working extremely hard. I wasn't doing the things I needed to do to protect my dream and to protect my goals. I was just, you know, just doing what I wanted to do because I felt like I could do it. And um, and at that time, that's when I started to get into like, started to play more basketball, more AAU and more things like that. And then guys started to like catch up. And then I'm like, damn, I got to start like really working on my stuff because if I don't, like I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. So I started working out really hard and I got better again. And then I started being ahead of the pack and then basketball just became my life. I would say like, I didn't care about nothing else. I didn't want to do anything else. It just was everything that, you know, it was just, a, it was therapy. Like, you know, so, so before, before you kind of hop into, cause I mean, we're, we're kind of going over your lifespan. So this 18, 19 age, age range, when you started to fall in love with the game, mm-hmm. um, how would you say that the people around you were influencing you in your decision-making as far as your environment, right? Because you were probably watching, I mean, I think we use this terminology now these days, like respecting the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever you put into it, that's what you're going to get out. You probably like, Kind of take me through that process. Like, how were the people around you uh, using the game? And, and were some of the things that they were doing, did that influence you? And how did it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my one of my best friends at the time was like like one of a highly decorated player in the, in the Boston area. So I always kept myself around competitive friends. And my competitive friends always made it a point to make me more competitive. I think, you know, iron sharpens iron. So, like, I was always around guys that were, like, really good. So, I'm like, okay, I don't want to be the all ball out. So, I got to work harder so that I can compete. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that um, I think that that's one of the main facets. Like, you got you to gotta have people that are going to push you. You know, sometimes that push can be uncomfortable. And sometimes that growth can be uncomfortable. But – if you want to be the best that you can be, you're going to need that. So I think that mm. my friends played a huge role into keeping me going because I was super competitive. So I probably would have been doing the wrong thing, but because I had these friends, it just made me, you know, it made me go harder. Mm. Okay. All right, though. All right, you can continue with that. Uh, take me through that that uh i don't want to say gap year but that 18 19 age range as you you know finishing high school kind of figuring out that okay yo i gotta kick it up a gear because people starting to catch up to all right so actually that's pretty interesting so i was coming out of uh high school and again like i said i didn't have a lot of guidance so i had a i had a good number of division one schools that were that were offering me but of course, because I didn't have guidance, my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't have the best grades. And I didn't take school that seriously, to be honest with you. That's just the honest truth. I should have, and I wish I I wish I did, but I didn't. And because of that, my SAT scores were didn't match my grades. And I had to go to a, a PG. I had to take a PG year. So I go take a PG year, and you come from being in high school where you're the man but now you're playing against like Mike Beasley and you're playing against like, you know, some of the top players in the country. So you start realizing like, damn, I got to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a solid year at PG, a uh, decent year, I would say. 
and then uh, I had more schools that offered, but my great grandmother died, and I had to leave school, so my scores were erased, and I couldn't accept no offers. So now, at this point, I don't care about basketball at all. I hate basketball. I don't want to play it. I think it's like the worst thing that could have happened. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was in a, I was in a, a dark place. But uh, so why? So so why why was that? I mean I don't I mean I don't want to get too deep into it, but why was it? Do you felt like uh, the time that you were spending and it's interesting. I, I don't know what episode it was, but I had one of my guys Thomas uh, Thomas Gentile on, and he was talking about living with guilt, as in you know he's moving to another place, and he feels like by him moving, you know he feels that guilt of leaving his family, and that you know maybe uh, in that plays a part of it. So do you think by you investing into basketball and going away. So for those who are listening, PG is post-grad, which is usually like that gap year. That some is basically like a 13th year senior, if you will. That, that's a way of thinking about it, or a pre-freshman. Um, so is did that kind of play into it as far as why you kind of didn't like the game of basketball or was like that, that emotional trauma just too big to bear to where, you know, basketball was just a, an afterthought? Uh, I would say it was a mix, man. It was a mix. Mm. It was a lot of mixed emotions. And, and the, you hit two points, to be honest. I felt that I left my family because of basketball and I needed to just go do what I needed to do. So selfishly, I felt like I did what I wanted to do. And then mm. in that, my great grandmother died and I felt like I wasn't there for my grandmother the way I should have been. And that kind of played, that was that emotional, like, damn, I really should have been here. Like, this just isn't that important. And then secondly, it was the disappointment of like my test scores not being accepted again. So mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, clearly this isn't meant for me. I'm not going to go anywhere. Like you're getting all this and you're getting this interest, but you can't even take the opportunity because of a damn test. So I was like, maybe this just isn't meant for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I felt like at that point in time, I was just like, you know, I was just being sorry being honest. I was mm -hmm. just being sorry. Just so sorry for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just being sorry and I should have and it happens. I feel like everybody go through a moment where you just like, you know, you're being tougher on yourself than anybody else. Oh, absolutely. But I think that gets into uh, I mean, as we continue through your story, I think that gets into one of the reasons why you started your organization. A lot of players don't understand that or a lot of people in society don't understand the the mental health space and how that plays a part with it right because if you were able to sit with those emotions and you were able to process those emotions maybe some of you know a lot of that feelings those feelings that you had wouldn't be there or maybe they would be um, subconsciously subsided bro yeah or at least channeled into something else channeled yeah. into your pursuits but but nonetheless we'll continue through yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, man, I think that mental health is huge. I think it, it, it's huge. And I didn't understand the magnitude of mental health until later in my years. Because, again, when you're playing basketball and basketball is your whole life, mm -hmm. I think that you, you don't really even think about the stuff that's going around you in your life because you always have the game to go to for therapy. Yeah. And the first time I ever had to deal with my mental problems or ever sink sunk into my mental problems was in college i uh, i got hurt i didn't i didn't play for like i want to say like six months and i didn't know what the hell i didn't know what the hell to do 
Well, take us before we get there. Go ahead and take us into, you know, uh, after the postgrad, you realize your grades weren't what they needed to be. And that was a limiting factor in you yeah. getting the offers. Uh, kind of take me through how did you get into the college and where did you go and things like that? All right. So uh, after postgrad, again, like I said, the test score didn't go through, so I couldn't accept any offers. At this point, I did not want to play. And I had one of my mentors from high school. He actually took a JUCO job as like an assistant director. And um, when he took the job, I literally uh, he called me. He's like, Deshaun, you. Oh, no, I'm lying to you. Let me stop. I got to re- I got to back up. I went to go play pickup. I'd like this really high level run. I went to go pick up at this high level run and there was a lot of heavy hitters there. And I was, and I, and I started working out and I started doing my thing. And when I say working out, I was playing well, he was killing. <laughs> I, I was playing well, but, um, so then one of the re- a really good player from Boston, like really good big time player was like, what are you doing? Like, where are you at? Like, what school do you go to? I said, man, I don't think I really want to play this basketball stuff no more. I don't, you know, he was like, bro, you're going to school. <laughs> he was like, you're going to school. I'm like, uh, I don't know. But then when he said it, just because he was so infamous and so like, he was just, he was on a whole nother level. I was like, damn, if he said that, then he really got to see something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, so then I called up my mentor and I said, man, can you get me into the school? And remind you, school had already started. Like, I'm like 20 days late in college. Oh, wow. So... I was like, I wasn't going to school. Um, He gets me in somehow, and uh, that was the best decision I ever made in my life, man. I really believe that. That was like, I don't know where the hell I would be if I didn't make that decision. And I think that that attributes to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation about how those around you influence you. Absolutely. But, yeah, go ahead and continue. So you go to this school. What, What school was it and where was it? I went to Mass Bay uh, Community College. It was a it was a small it was a small JUCO, in uh in, in Wellesley. It was a small JUCO mm-hmm. in Wellesley. Talk about full circle. We'll get right. to that later, but full circle. Uh, it was a small JUCO in Wellesley, and um, the only reason I accepted it is because my guy was there, and I knew and I knew that he had the best interest for me, because I could have probably went to Texas to one of the bigger schools, but it was like why. Like, I, I'd rather be with people that I know really care about me and have my best interest. Mm-hmm. So I go there, and he introduces me to the coach. And the coach happens to be a guy by the name of Bill Rayner. And I didn't know who this guy was. And, again, I'm cocky. I'm a young. So I think I'm I think I'm think I'm God's gift, you know. And I'm – no, it's the truth. And yeah, I think yeah. I'm God's gift. And – and I don't really even respect this coach. I'm like, you know who I am, da da da, kind of stuff. And granted, I'm an idiot because this guy is way bigger than me. <laughs> he's playing. He's coached at you know Holy Cross. He's been a McDonald's All American. Mm. He's just he's just uh, let's just say his resume speaks for itself. Mm. So um, me and him, we clash at the beginning. Like me and him, we going head to head. We clashing all the time. And the truth of the matter is I always knew that he was right for me, but we were clash but we were clashing all the time. Yeah. And um and I and I wanna say he's the one that instilled the love of basketball. Like I, I really realized that over my eighteen to nineteen years, I only liked basketball. I, I thought I loved it, but I didn't love it. I liked basketball. But when mm-hmm. I got to junior college, I loved basketball. 
Like, I love everything, every nuance. I love to study it. I love to watch it. I love to just, I always was breaking down the game. Like, we would go, he, we would have these rides home from practice, and me and him would talk about the game so in, in depth that I've never talked about the game. You know, just the nuances, the players, the older players. Like, he, he just expanded my IQ and my knowledge of the game. And um, he, he made me he made me who I was in those years. Like, I definitely put in the work, but it was definitely his toolage that, uh, that made me. Because those years, those two years, I was just a, I was an animal. Mm. I was an animal. I just, I just, I looked at, I, I don't know. I just, you know, like when your confidence is sky high, yeah, you know, and you just play at a different level. I feel like at that time, I, there was nobody that could check me and that's how I felt. And mm. then, you know, and, and your perception is your reality. So it's just mm. kind of the way, it's just kind of the way it went. And um, so then I, I, I went through that. So I became uh All-American, first team All-American, I had a ton of success. I won a ton of championships. And then um and then uh after that I had schools. I had schools again. I'm back on the map. I feel good about basketball again. Um and uh I make a decision and nobody could understand the decision that I made because I had uh I had a good amount of division ones that wanted me, but then uh I chose to go to a D two. <laughs> And uh, and nobody could understand why. They were like, what? Why? And the reason I chose the school I chose, which was Long Island University, uh, I chose that school because because the coach, the coach that was there. So in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, I've had all these mistakes in my life. I need to be with someone who could get me to where I want to go because obviously where we want to go is the league. That's where we're Mm -hmm. trying to go. We're trying to go to the, you know, we're trying to go to the league. And uh, this coach was Danny Green's high school coach, mm. you know, and I look and I watched Danny Green in college and it's not that I didn't think he was good or anything, but I'm like, damn, if this guy got Danny Green to the league. I said, he could, he could definitely help me out, yeah. you know, cause I felt like Danny Green, it's not that I didn't, I felt like he was nice. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't feel like he was like, well, how do you put, he you was know, that like, guy, like he was. He was, like, he was a solid role player. I mean, he did. Yeah. 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 You he know? was a solid player, but he wasn't anything, you know, stand. He didn't do anything that kind of made him. Exactly. Yeah. Like he wasn't on no between the legs, dunk through the, you know? He, yeah. he, so, I, so I'm like, okay, cool. If he got Danny Green to the league, this guy must really like be an amazing coach, you know? Cause I, and, cause you got to think, I'm coming off of this coach who just turned me all the way up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need another coach that's gonna turn me up. And then I all and then I was offered to play in Japan for like seven grand a month. And I'm like, damn, if they offering me that out of junior college, all I gotta do is just, you know, just keep getting better. So um I took this school because this coach was just hard nosed and he and I just felt like it was a good uh, I just felt like it was a good decision. And I knew I would be like one of the biggest players that they signed that, you know. So um I took the I took the I took the uh, the scholarship, and um, I, I wouldn't say it was the worst decision I ever made because it's not a, it wasn't a bad decision. And everything but, happens for a reason, for sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that, but I would say that those were the toughest years for me, hands down. I just uh, I couldn't catch a break, man. Mm. I, I could not catch a break. It was like I'm. I get to the campus. I'm dealing like this is probably bad, but I had like. 
an agent that was already ready to go. I'm, I'm locked and loaded. He's like, listen, we're going to get you. Regardless of what happens, you're going to be set up. I'm like, perfect, because I'm killing it. We go to – we had a summer league in Long Island, uh, Speedy Claxton, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of big-time players in this league, and we kill it. I'm Oh, my God, I'm so – I'm so bouncy at this time. I'm feeling good. But uh yeah, man. I had I had one I had like knee problems and my knees were just acting up and they kept telling me it was tendonitis, but I'm like, listen, dude, I went from dunking with two hands easy to I don't know if I can touch the net. Something's not right. <laughs> I kept telling the, the the trainer, I'm like, something's not right, my guy. Like this this isn't normal. Uh, you know, he's like, it's tendonitis, it's tendonitis. Uh, and then right after that, I would say in practice, I broke my foot. Uh, after I broke my foot, uh, yeah, it just kind of just went downhill from there, man. Mm. Yeah, it went downhill from there. And then I would say uh, it's been an uphill battle ever since. Mm. So after that, and then that's when you were getting to that uh, that mental health piece as far as those injuries. So kind of talk to me, because I think personally, we, we really find out who we are um, in those darkest moments. You know, and I mean? we really find out what our purpose is and what what we're here for um, in those moments. So kind of take me through, um, you know, what what was going through your head, how you how you were uh, how you were dealing with those injuries. So I know. When I had my injuries, you know, in my college years, I definitely didn't deal with it um, in the in the most positive ways. But when I look back, it was something that was necessary to make me who I am today. Um, okay. So kind right. of take take me through take me through that that part of it. Uh, I would say uh, my injury shaped me completely. It, I am who I am because of every injury that I had, and. Uh, at the beginning, I'm not going to say that I took it well, though. At the beginning, I thought my life was over. I'm like, oh, this is it. Oh, I keep getting hurt. This is like, I just was, I was sick. But luckily, I was involved with a, I was involved with a, uh, with a woman at the time or a young lady at the time that was like, she was everything I needed and more, you know? Mm. Uh, because I didn't even know what a therapist was. I didn't know what mental health was. You know, I just thought, you know, when you're black, you deal with so much. It's like, no, it's serious. Like, when you're black, you black, you deal with so much. Like, and your parents teach you to, like, they teach you kind of wrong sometimes. Like, they teach you, like, nah, just go, just get through it. Or your coaches, even with basketball, just get through it. Like, just, 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 like, who cares? Just push through, push through. But the truth is, sometimes you need to address that stuff. And you need to kind of you need to kind of like resolve it like before it's just lingering with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Antonio Brown kind of stuff. Like this guy is a special mm. athlete, special, special athlete, but because he never dealt with his problems. Now you got this guy who was a special athlete, but he got all these mental health issues. He don't know how to deal with it, you mm-hmm. know? But um, I think, I think it goes back to that, that influence piece, man. Like, if you don't have the right people influencing your de- – and when I say influence, I don't mean making decisions for you. I don't mean – but but that's a part of the influence, right? You know what I mean? If you got something going on that you – somebody who you can talk to. I mean, you talked about in your um, in your uh, post-grad years, that coach, how he was able to influence you. Your junior college coach, how he was able to influence you. You know, the reason why you chose the school that you chose, you know, how, because of – the potential influence that it would have on your life. Like 
And then now that you're, you know, going through this injury, like if you didn't have that person influencing your thought process, you know, who mm. knows, you know, what that could have lended you. No, true. I think influence, like you said, influence is huge, man. Definitely the people you, you surround yourself with uh, make a big impact in your life. Uh, like I said, that, that young lady at the time, uh, she was she was everything I needed and more, you know, because I, I was a very cold person. I was cold. I was hard. I was, you know, because I came from a tough background. So I was like a real street kid. Like, you know, even though I was a hooper, I was a street kid. I wasn't no hood kid. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't no thug or anything, but I was definitely like a hood street kid. Like, you know, that's the fam- That's my family. That's where I came from. That was just my life. Tactics. Yeah, you know what I mean? That was just my life. So she softened me. She softened me out and she made me a much more like, a much more understanding person to a lot of things. So she told me, she said, babe, I think you need to, like, you need some help. Like, you're not doing well. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. You know, you know, the typical guy stuff. Yeah. And then she like, she literally booked me appointment with the, with the, with the university therapist, bro. And, um, and ever since then, that's just like my thing. That's just what I do. I just make sure I always get mental check-ins. Mm. Man, sure we're coming. We're coming close on time, man. I think I think a lot of the listeners out there got a really good feel about, you know, your backstory and things like that. Sounds like we got it. We got to get to a part two now. Yeah, I mean the vibes are great here. You know that. <laughs> big facts, big facts. So, hey, you got any uh, any last words about any of the topics that we hit on? You know, the power of influence. You know, the power of mental health. You know how sports play a role in that mm. mental health. Any last, you know, closing out points. I think my closing out points are like why my company is what it is and why it's named what it's named. It's named Prove Them Wrong. And uh, the, the symbol is the tree of life and a basketball. And the reason I picked those things is because as a as an athlete, and, th- and this doesn't just go for basketball, this goes for pretty much any sport. As an athlete, we struggle sometimes with the sport and life. And I think that we as people need to understand that you have to put importance on the game, but you also have to put importance on life and make sure that you're always trying to stay uh, mentally mentally leveled. And, and like, the, like the slogan says, man, keep proving them wrong. Mm. My guy. You know it. Gangsta Gears. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. That is funny. Nah, it's a rapper. I don't know if you listen to him, but that that's one of my guys. But anywho, man, I appreciate you taking the time early this morning, man. And we'll schedule another one to get get deeper into the story and uh, and talk and talk more about life, man. All right, man. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. This was super dope. Uh, let's get this next one started. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, my guy. Have a blessed one. All right, you have a good one, man. Yes, sir. Peace. Yo, thank you for listening to the Beast Podcast. We hope that you learned something and are empowered and inspired to be a better version of yourself. Uh, Please go ahead and subscribe, like, share it with a friend, a family member, or anybody who can get some value from it. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. All right, y'all. Be great.